0: First I want, to, I want to thank my good friends Naomi Yaakov Meir Cohen for welcoming us in, in their home It's a home that's filled with Kiddush, Avadis Hashem All kinds of chassadim And, and the Shem Shabbat should bench them They should have musimcha, nachas, and bracha, and hatzlach In each and every room we page Memchas, Bilvavi, Mishkan, Evne the Tzadik here is talking about tasting HaKadosh Baruch, not just knowing that there is such a being, a creator, but tasting himamish and how we could learn in our lives to taste Hashem's Baruch. HaPasuk ki Hashem, David Malach says, taste and you will see, Hashem, that Hashem is good, Hashem. A person has the taste In order to be able to really experience the tayf In order to experience the good A person has to taste Hashem. Now, What does that mean? How is it possible for a human being to taste the Rebani What does that mean? Is this like food comes into the, that comes a person puts in his throat and he is able to taste it in his palate? Is that, this is not, it's not food? What does it mean to taste? What does that mean? So it's clear. That as long as one's knowing Hashem is intellectual, it's just a matter of the mind of the intellect. It's impossible to taste him. It's impossible to taste Hashem when it's just something that you know about, that you intellectually acknowledge that there's a creator. But that's not how you taste Hashem which is what we're learning about. However, when that when that knowledge when that's a Yeda Shalaif when it's something of the, when it's something of the heart, it's something that the heart knows. Yeda leiv, as I haliv chash as hadvaru magish aisa, then the heart feels, tam and and the heart can taste a pleasant taste. Vazai and then you will see. Somebody who's standing from the outside and sees the, the excitement of a tzaddik and is wondering how, how is it that he says the same words and he seems to be enjoying them so much, and I say the same words and it seems to me to be such a burden, so hard. How is it that he seems to be doing this mitzvah and he has such pleasure doing this mitzvah? So, Dor Malek is saying, the only, way that you could, the only way that you could experience a mitzvah in that way is is by tasting Hashem. Not just by knowing that you have a mitzvah, knowing that there's a God. So we still need to understand how does one taste Hashem. Only when you taste Hashem do you see how pleasant that is. And then uru kitai And then you see, that the mitzvahs are not a burden, the mitzvahs are not to make God forbid our lives miserable. The mitzvahs are the greatest pleasure. The mitzvahs are, are the most delicious things in the world. The positive mitzvahs, and even and even the commandments that tell us that we have to refrain from certain things. It's not it's not unpleasant. It's it's, it's the most pleasant thing in the world. But it's only possible for a person to feel that way if you're HaVaridus Hashem is with this Hergish, with this feeling where where you're able the heart is able to taste HaKadosh Baruch Hu Klamar Re'iyas ha'amunah lefnei ha'amuna Re'iyas ha'amunah ha'amunah la'akhir ha'ta'amu Hi'anena o'ayse ri'ekla How you look at Yiddishkeit and how you look at emunah, how you look at everything before you taste of God and how you look at the things after you've tasted of Hashem it's completely different than munah. it's completely different, everything is different one's Munah is entirely transformed by this ta'amu uve'u, by this tasting of Hashem we're going to learn in a minute what that means it's completely different He says, he says when a person's amuna changes from being something that he knows intellectually with his mind to something that the heart feels it's a different amuna altogether it's a completely different emunah now the Muslims point out based upon, based upon Chazal in this parasha in Ammar so Pasha's El Kahana B'nei Aaron So we all know that A few weeks ago we read in the Torah about a certain tragedy That happened to the sons of Aaron It wasn't good And it was on a day that was a happy day And the sons of Aaron, whatever happened They went but they weren't supposed to go And, and they were killed So in this Parashah Zemr, El Kahana B'nei Aaron Why does it have to bring up this subject again? Beneficially, the of where we see from the way the Torah is telling us and Chazal explain that that there are special laws regarding the Kahanam and coming to contact with death and so on. And Chazal bring a marshal, Chazal bring a marshal. That you have somebody that warns a person, I'm just paraphrasing it, somebody, you have two types of doctors. There's a doctor that that tells the person, you know, you really, you, you can't have, in your condition, you can't drink things that are cold. You can't have something that's cold, it's very bad for you to have something that's cold. That's one kind of a doctor. He warns the person not to have anything that's cold, it could be harmful. There's another kind of a doctor who says, if you drink anything that's cold, then you're going to die, like my like your uncle who died when he had something cold. And Chazal said it's a, very different way of, it's a very different way of giving over instructions, right? When you say, you know, it's not good for you to have something cold, okay. But when you say, uh, if you have something cold, you remember two weeks ago, you remember that there was a terrible mice that happened, and... And, and, and you were at the Levi, I saw you there And by the Sheva You know how he died? He had something that was called And he had your condition He had something that's called it's, it's, it's an altogether different prescription, right? Why is that? Because we see What we learn from here Is The very Shalom wants us And it's a very big sight And that's what, that's what the whole sacred is about and That's what we're talking about now The Baruch Wants us to feel something See the doctor that says this this theoretical thing that cold is bad for you. A cold drink would be bad for your condition. It could be harmful. It could even be dangerous. It's not the same thing. Do you remember? I, know you, I, don't, I don't know if any of you remember this. I, I remember I was when we were in high school. So we had we took drivers ed. And. Um, our parents have been telling us for a while we got our permits we all wanted to get right out onto the highway you know that day (laughs) and our parents have been telling us it's dangerous it's dangerous you you have to be careful a car my father always has this thing a car is like a a bullet you know he had this okay but I remember we were taking Driver's Ed and the first day of Driver's Ed they showed us this unbelievably gory movie Like like everybody getting mauled in cars and the most horrible movie. I'm sure now it's been, you know, it's been updated, but, but at the time, I mean, we were all sitting there like these, like all the, you know, the tough guys that, that were, that were only dreaming of things, you know, we could do and places we could go, and then you just look at at this film. So I'm not saying that it had any long-term effect <laughs> on, on on a teenage boy. It's not it was, you know teenage boys are just not, they're not sane. They're not normal. But, but for the, at, least, at least for a day or two, and maybe even more, for the more sensitive types, it was a, a, a powerful thing. The khush, why? What's so powerful about that? You can't remember Rashi that you saw yesterday, but some stupid movie that you saw 40 years ago? It's like, it's like Mammish 10 Minutes Ago. Shh. A, why is that? Because the khush is very powerful imagination and feeling of a, a hergish of something. The Torah the Torah wants us to have a hergish. The Torah is is very poetic. It's it, it paints pictures for us. Tamu ukitaivasha means to think that there's a God and to know that there's a God that's not going to change your life necessarily. It's only tasting something. To taste something there's a chush. Chazal tells us that that until they, were, until they were bar mitzvah You wouldn't have known the difference Between Yaakov and Esav They were twins And they went to Chazal they went to Yeshiva They went to the same cheder, They had the same rabbi, Whatever that meant back in those days They had the same Everything was the same They looked the same If you would have seen Esav You would have given him a pinch And said what a nice little boy And he had a beautiful Nice long pace And he had a nice cut, And everything looked nice He looked just like Everything was nice Everything was nice But he wouldn't have seen a difference And then something happened Something happened and and, and and they went each one a different direction. The svarim say that yeah, Asav went to Chida, but Asav didn't feel what happened in Chida. He sat in. He sat in on the class. He sat in on the class. There are some seminaries and some yeshivas that 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 they're like they're like. Colleges Torah, But there are classes, and you sit in the class and you listen to the class. And, the, and it's being given like a course, and it's being received like a course. And you come out from that, and you don't necessarily go in the way of Yaakovina by hearing the by hearing the lecture. By hearing the lecture. When someone says to me, someone wants to, people so nice, they also say, Oh, yeah, it was a very nice lecture. I cringe when I hear that. So, someone says, Oh, it was a very nice speech. When you're trying to give your nishama over to somebody, and the person tells you it was a nice speech, so that's that's not a compliment. Even though the person doesn't, doesn't mean it in a bad way, of course, they may, they, they, they just mean it they want to say something nice. But, mitzad, the person who's trying to give his nishama over. Could you imagine if the person loved most in the entire world, and you are nervous and, and, and preparing. For two weeks to be able to say to that person how much you love him, right? How much you love her, and the person, fi- and you finally, you finally get it out of your system, and you say to the person, "I love you." And the other person says, "That's a very nice speech." <laughs> the Bereshit wants us to feel something. It should be a chush. Yisef went to the same cheder and he went, but it was for him. It was a lecture. But Yaakov Avinu, you know, when he went to the chede, it was Yaakov Avinu you know, was a Yaakov Avinu. You know, Tasted the Torah that he was learning. He didn't he just hear it, he tasted it. When you taste Yiddishkeit, then you change. When you hear lectures about Yiddishkeit, when you hear lectures about it, you could have now in schools where they have lectures that are not at all connected to Vaidis Hashem and Yerushamayim, and it's not lectures. I mean, I'm not saying that. People shouldn't. Somebody told me recently that the, the, there was a lecture someplace in a shul. that was, you know, it was a professor came that wasn't shomer mitzvahs and gave a lecture. Basically, the point of the lecture was to was to put down Lubavitch intellectually <coughs> with some new book that came out with all kinds of documentation against Lubavitch in a shul. I don't get it. That's that's what a shul is for, and that's what and that's what the, the to, to have someone that's a Machal Shabbos say things against the legion. That that's what it is. It's it's when a shul becomes a, a, a college, when a shul becomes a lecture hall, and people go to hear. You even look at you'll see in the newspapers before shul is they're going to advertise some Shavuos night lectures. You'll see the, look at the topics Shavuos night. So a shaykh is the it's a shaykh feeling proud of being a Jew. A shaykh is to being excited about your Yiddishkeit. The feeling, the original. Shavu's night is the holiest night. Remember last year there was some lectures on Shu's night on the subject of abortions. In halacha, on Shu's night. When Kaleisha was born. Yeah? When we received the tyrant. How could, how could there be such a thing? No Orthodox ta- how could there be such a thing to have a, a lecture on, on abortions? So, I don't know. I I mean, you have to you learn halachas, so you talk about it on this side, outside the shul, this one they're sitting on, you know, the lecture. But how could there be a lecture? It's interesting. It's interesting, just like you have in college. You have courses on interesting subjects, so you want to make it interesting. Maybe you'll get some people to come and, you know, and, and, and it's interesting. Make interesting topics. A person can, a person can sit, and a person can say, and there's no hergish for you describe right? There's no chush. The Yiddishman wants us to, the Baruchal wants us to live in it. That's what we were talking about last time. The difference between what's happening now and, and our parents and grandparents, and it's a totally different amunah. That's what the tzaddik is saying here. It's totally different. Yaakov Avinu you know, and Avsev, they they go into the same cheder, but Yaakov's Yaakov tasted. The Torah that he learned, and Yaakov, Yaakov went, and, and it was a lecture. I once mentioned to you that many years ago, long before I, I, I came here to the neighborhood, so I would give, I would give shirim, and I used to give to people that weren't religious a lot of Shiram to all, in all different places. Lima remembers some of those days, and and. There was such a difference when I would go to the. To, I used to give shirom for Israelis and Queens in Hebrew. I used to give for a long time. I gave to Israelis in Hebrew shirom. Most of them, I can't even describe what it was—the screaming and the yelling and the carrying on and the the, the rudeness and the. It was so, so givalding. It was unbelievable. The 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 experience of Jews who, when they heard Tyra, they they entered into that world, and they tasted it. They, they could disagree, they could fight, but they were tasting. And then, and then I gave shirum in other places. Uh, you know, uh, American people, talking about not religious people, Jews. In, you know, I uh, used to give them Lindbrook and then different So it could be after a good Shia, You know, if if there somebody would say something, I would say something. So then the people. <laughs> and then afterwards, you have a little bit of snacks, right? And you go home and, and you have your chazak. Not. But when, with the Israelis with the Svada with the screaming and fighting, there were those who walked away angry. Others walked away the macabre mitzhers. They started to try to keep mitzvahs better. Not a lecture. Two people can be in the same, hear the same Shia. One is tasting it and the other one is just listening to it. That's what he's saying here. Nun zayin, on page Namchas. Ruki what does it mean, tasting God? Is that with a fork? You can't put it in your mouth with a fork. Yeah, you have to taste Hashem. But it's not with a fork. And it's not with your mouth. is the soul tasting. tasting. The heart tasting now he's saying how do we taste Hashem as opposed to just hearing lectures how do we taste how do we taste of Hashem's bar he says the more a person has this simple thought, it has to be very simple to try as much as possible he's going to explain a lot more about this every single minute of the day that there's a creator that there's a creator when you live with this thought throughout the day and you stop and you think about this that there's a creator of the universe there's a creator of the world who's with you and watching you every second then you become closer to this level of tasting and seeing how good Hashem is because and when a person thinks a lot you begin to taste you begin to delight in Hashem here while you're in this world but as long as your are Yiddish kind is just that you know you know of course that there's a God and, and you know you believe in Him but you don't constantly try to think about that, to remember that, that there's a Creator. It's just, this is something that, of course there's God, what do you mean? You know that there's God. But you don't think about God. Then it remains only information. Then it remains only information. And cold intellect is not anything that the soul can taste. The soul doesn't taste something that's tasteless. Ti'ima Balay, Tiima B Nishama, tasting <speaking> with the heart, tasting in the nishama. Zahihada Ma'abed Ba Mayodav Liska La is a tamu sham But the person completely loses the unbelievable delight and pleasure of Tamu Urukitai sham of tasting how delightful the Shalom is. Kiedua Tachles Hebriyah Memtez Kiedua as it's known Tachles Hebriyu Lahetiv L'Nivroim The B'nai Shalom Revealed to us Through the Tzadikim Through Chazal And the Svar That the purpose of creation Is that the B'nai Shalom Wants us to enjoy Hashem Wants us to enjoy Lahetiv L'Nivroim The B'nai Shalom Wants to give good To the world he wants the world to experience good. <laughs> what is that good that is that has been that has been set aside for all creation? What is that good? The good is Tamu ki Hashem. The good, the greatest good, is tov Hashem. If a person is not in that way of living, in that way of thinking, then there's no greater way to punish a person than making him stand in shul for three hours, or five hours, or seven hours. There's no greater punishment than giving a person shabbosses and yom him There's no greater punishment than, than giving a person responsibilities and telling them this is what he should do and this is what he can't do and his entire Yiddishkeit is seen as as a burden and the children see and the parents the Yiddishkeit is is a burden Yiddishkeit doesn't taste good the parents say do this and do that but the parents themselves they obviously don't enjoy it they try to get it out of davening as much as possible the boy sees that his father comes to shul late all the time doesn't go to shul so what does it mean to the child it means this doesn't taste good it means it's not good. What's good, my father likes what's good. What's not good, he doesn't like. When something is good, my father's there on time. When something is not good, he doesn't go on time. That's not complicated. If it's something that's good, then daddy goes on time. I never saw daddy late for a ball game. I never saw daddy late for his meals. I never saw daddy late for 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 you know for a show. I never saw daddy late for any of those things. But for davening, every is daddy's late. Or he can't even go during the week to shul. There's always a million excuses, but he can't go so the kid understands that obviously this doesn't taste good and then he goes to Yeshiva and the Yeshiva they're trying to tell him this is good and he sees that by the people that he loves most that it's not good and he sees that it comes to Shabbos that they want to, everybody wants to just get as fast as possible to be poteh from Davin, poteh from the Zmir, poteh from Tyre to be exempt from, and to just get it over with and comes to Yotav, Shabbos good, and so on. so it's not good it's not good so Everything is, everything is a burden and the person lives that way, and the children grow up seeing that and feeling that this has a bitter taste. And and the person wonders, how could it be? The tachlis of creation is that the Barishlam wants us to enjoy. And we're thinking this apikaras is your thought. Shalom, if you really, really wanted me to enjoy, you would let me go shopping on Shabbos too. Or if you really wanted me to enjoy you would let me do certain things that you don't let me do. If you really wanted me to enjoy, you wouldn't burden me with Pesach, you wouldn't burden me with, with three-day yantiv. you wouldn't burden me with all of these all of these obstacles to my pleasure. You wouldn't burden me with a certain way of dressing, a certain way of talking, that every single minute of my life I have to be conscious of you. Every single minute of my life I can't do this, I can't do that. If you really wanted to be good, then you would give me the same way you give the goyim, to have a good. They have a good, they don't have any chashban at all. They don't have to worry starting Wednesday what's going to be Shabbos. They don't have to have a million my with my kid like this or my kid like that and this yeshiva and that yeshiva and how this. They don't have all this chashbanes and they don't have to feel any guilt. If you really want to be good to me, you wouldn't give me any guilt. You wouldn't give me any of these things. So how could it be? So the Torah is that we should enjoy. So the Torah says that, that that enjoyment is tamu rikitayv Hashem is only when a person tastes Hashem. Does Hashem taste good? Then you see that Hashem is good. But if your Yiddish kite is cold and it's just a matter of the intellect, then you're not tasting Hashem. And then it's tasteless. And how many years can a person going on spending so much time involved in things that just don't have a good taste, that are tasteless, that don't have a good taste? How long can a person do that? A person wants to taste and to enjoy That's why you see, you understand. And there's so much excitement, let's say, about about the coming up is going to be Yom Smooth. I don't know what day it is. It's, it's coming up uh, soon. Huh? Thursday night. Wednesday night, Thursday night. Wednesday night. What's today? Yeah, what's coming up today? Oh, it's in a week. It's, 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 tomorrow. It's, the day after tomorrow. Ah, okay. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So the, there are people that they, they can't get excited about Hashanah uh, Rabbah or Sukkot or Pesach, but they can get very excited about Yom Smooth. I'm not making any statement about anything religious or political. I'm talking about the nature of a person. Why could they get so excited? Because because that's meaningful to them. They're excited about it. They have their they have in their mind the clear picture of 1948, 1967, 1973. They try not to think about, right? But there's a clear picture of certain things of being by the being by the kibbutz and of being proud and feeling the Israeli flag and over some Yishuv that the Jews conquered. It's you know, it was Jewish Pride Day. And people could feel that, they could taste it, and they're excited about it. And they're going to make. And the same people, you can't get them to shul, or the shana Rabbah, they don't even know what it means. Or a uh, yom tishbog is a, ah, uh, oh, it's unbelievable, terrible, horrible, uh, misery of the day, right? All of these things that are yom kippur also, but yom hazmud, it's like, because why? It's obvious, because they're they're every, every person is able to any person's able to relate to that and to and to feel some pleasure the pleasure that comes with with Jews having their own place and the Jews being able to finally stand up for themselves and to fight back and all of those all of those ideas some of the, some of which are Jewish and many of which are not Jewish but nevertheless it's felt something that that people feel <clears throat> some people feel was well, I was at my parents, I was at my parents last week. I mean, I, I tried to go every Thursday, and I was there. I think it was Yom Hashawa, maybe Thursday. And I, I, I don't know. And, uh, and and I asked my I asked my parents. You know, they're having they live around the corner from the school, the and they're having a huge thing. A million cars were pulling up. And I asked my 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 parents. Uh, I asked my father, "You going to the you going to the thing?" And so my father said, "No, I don't I don't go to that. I don't go." To that. My father, said, I was, I was at the show. I don't go to the Yom show. I, I was, I was there when it happened. I don't go to the Yom. And then my father said to me, he said to me, I don't go for the whole thing. I don't go for it. What does that mean? Now you, know, you know that people would take that the wrong way, but someone who went through it allowed to say anything he wants, right? I mean, if I would say that, you know, pe- people look at me the wrong way because I don't go to any of these programs either, and. And but some of the Yaffu could say whatever he wants, but this Indian, my father says the the commercialization he doesn't like it. He said it's lost it's, it's lost its time to him. Something is wrong, and he doesn't like it. He says I'm not saying that it's bad that people go, but people that don't have a haggish anything else in Yiddishkeit except lighting six candles once a year, and their heart's not broken over the gulas of and the gulas of Tyra. And 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 the and the laws of Shabbos, and laws of Yiddishkeit, and preachers, and the whole chinuch of their children is Hashem and and all of it's contributing for the fire that brought that that that, that Hitler and might kill so many Jews, and now there are people that are raising their children without Yiddishkeit. There's something wrong. Again, it doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean the programs are wrong. I'm not criticizing anything. So why is it that people have such a heritage for that? because you understand that it was in our generation I mean it was in the last generation that this was experienced and the taste is still fresh of the Holocaust Hashem and the taste is still fresh of Yom HaTzmod and Yom HaZikaro, right there are people who have, every single one of us knows families in Israel, and maybe some of you have families where there was Nabuch soldiers people killed Jews that were killed people that were killed in terrorist attacks everybody knows them so there's a Hergish it doesn't have to do with Hashem it has to do with the person's experiences. And that's why people get so, so fixated about these things. And if you don't go to it, and you have to go to it, and you have to have programs, and you see people that you don't see in shul the whole week. The whole, you know you don't see them by even by yantar, They can't come on time. And if you don't come on time to one of those pro- programs, they look at you like you're not because. But if you say to the guy, why don't you come to Shabbos this shul? Why don't you come to mincha? Why don't you come to, to Ma'av during the week? He laughs at you like you're some kind of crazy person. Why should I go to Because he doesn't taste that He doesn't taste Hashem He tastes the Holocaust His father probably went through it His mother went through it His grandparents went through it He tastes it The, the bitter taste of the Holocaust Is still in our mouth It's so strong Because We know everybody that we know And The taste is so is so, is so horrible We feel it And we still taste anti-Semitism wherever we turn, right? Everywhere we turn and, and we couldn't believe that it was possible And, and all the Lashaynas that are being used In Europe are this, are the, that, the, the same terms that were being used era of the Holocaust And what's being used in the Arab world The same Lashaynas of Hitler and All this, the same words The same way of thinking So the taste is so strong So people relate to that But if you don't if you don't feel Shabbos, if you don't feel Yontif, if you don't feel davening, if you don't feel learning, if you don't feel mitzvahs, you don't have a hair of So therefore you'll find that there are people that they get, they get very excited about B'Kochari'l and a certain mitzvahs, because they're wonderful Jews, and they want to help other Jews, and they can taste the pleasure of putting a smile on a Jew's face. You deliver a package to somebody, you, 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 even if you don't see the person, you're thinking, wow, when the, person got this, the poor person got this food, it brought a smile to their faces. It's revolving. It's beautiful. So that gives you a warm feeling. And you, you could see it, you could feel it, and it gives you a... <laughs> but not Hashem, you don't feel. You don't feel Hashem's boch smile. And you put on tillin when you come to Shul. You know that there's a God, but you don't have a hergish for God. So again, you'll have people that they can't walk into a Shul, but they're involved in a million good deeds. They want to do a lot of good things. That's a holy thing, but it's not Tamur Kitav Hashem. They can't bring themselves to Dav mincha. They can't bring themselves to, to bench and to think about anything they're saying in benching. But they could, they could stand up for three nights in a row, packing, you know, Shabbos, or packing, pa- you know, doing good things, doing mixes. There's a holy thing inside of them. It's chalushing for God, but they feel so distant from Hashem. But at least they know that when they when they do this, somebody is going to somebody's going to have something to eat that Shabbos and everybody wants to feel that what they're doing makes a difference what they're doing makes a difference so you think that you, you make some Holocaust museum, you make some Holocaust memorial that you're somehow, you're somehow go, helping to stop anti-Semitism in the world, you're helping somehow to remind the children that, that there was a Holocaust, that they should feel more of a identity for being Jews, but then you don't tell them what it means to be a Jew to be a Jew doesn't mean just it doesn't just mean being a Jew. Doesn't just mean that somebody died in the Holocaust. To be to be Jew means to be Jew means to, to live a life of kedusha and to be connected to the Baruch Shalom. That's what it means. So he says on the top of Memtesh. That's the good that Hashem the good that Hashem wants to give each and every one of us. That He created the world so that we should enjoy. But what do you what do you enjoy? If you don't taste Hashem's birth, then you don't enjoy Hashem. You just go through the motions. It's a pain in the neck. And the only aspects of Yiddishkeit that you can enjoy are those things, like I just said, that that you could taste. Package, packing uh, food for someone, you could taste. Marching in a parade, carrying banners, you know that stuff you could taste. You could you could see, you could feel, but not not Hashem. Tamu Ruki Zula These are the words of the Ramchal Zula Anything the Ramchal says in Anything other than Hashem Anything other than Devayin Shalom And Yiddishkeit and so on Anything other than that That you think is good That a person says is taiv. Ela Hevel The Ramchal says It's only Hevel, narishkei. Anything that you say is good. Doesn't mean to say you can't say that the child is good. But when a person identifies things as good, and it's not, it's not godly, and it's not related to Hashem's Baruch in your in your life. So the Ramchal says that you just attached a word, and you you took this word and you misused it. Just like when a person says, "You know, I, 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 I love your dress. I love your outfit." That's a very, very strong thing to say about a, a piece of material, no? It's a very strong thing to say. Mm-hmm. I love your dress. All right, it's a mitzvah. You want to make a person feel good. That's for sure, nice. Mm-hmm. But you see how words can be used in such a, an inappropriate way. To say the same thing. To a child, I love you. And to say to a husband or wife, I love you. And to parents, I love you. And to say, I love your outfit. There's something wrong, yeah? Something is wrong. It's a harmless thing. But a little bit it's not harmless. Because over the over the years, words lose their intensity and they lose their meaning. There were, there were Jews that, that saved certain words only for holy things. For holy things. Ramchal is saying that when you say, that this is a good piece of kishka. A kishka is a toif. It's a good piece of kishka. tov is not It's not really. You could say this kishka. And when you say this kishka is good, not that we not that we can't say. Of course, that's how we talk. But he's saying, but if you really think that that's toif, now if you think that it's toif, it's good because it's a gift that the Rosh gave you. You make a nice bracha. Then that's part of your tasting God. And that's that's kishka. Kishka is even I just use it as an example. Kishka I always say is Kishka. It's a kiss <laughs> of Hashem right? <laughs> Kishka. So when you when that kush, when that piece of Kishka is, is part of your Shabbos and it's the Baditchava talks in Lakutum the Shabbos about the Shabbos foods, unbelievable things. But if if you if you if that's part of your Shabbos and you remember God in that piece of Kishka so then it's taqe, take wiki, ha'shem. Then it's not just a good piece of kishke, then ha'shem is good. And ha'shem is good, he gave it Shabbos, and he gave it delicious food on Shabbos, that's good. But when you think that there's something that has its own independent good, or be what about something that's not even allowed, or it's questionable, and you say, that's good. So, it's a misuse of the term. The Ramchal says there's only one good. Now it sounds very narrow-minded, right? So you could you could say that to Ram Khabzan in Swansik. It sounds very narrow-minded. There's only one good. That's B'em is good. And that's Hashem. Tamu Rukitay Hashem. And has both said that that's the good that He wants each and every one of us to have. And that, and that we can have. And we can learn how to taste that in every single thing in our lives. That unbelievable good of Tamu Tair Hashem. that's what the Ramchal is saying on Memtas, around five lines down that there is no good in the world only closeness to God so everything that everybody says is good it's just it's just like saying I love your outfit it's just a it's just a, a silly it's a silly use of the word I mean it's, it's okay it doesn't hurt anybody but it's silly just like saying you know just to say about a piece of, uh, you know, I, I love your car, I love you. I love your outfit, it's, it's just a silly thing, it's not, it's silly, you, you should, uh, love is a very strong emotion, and, and it's a very, very, very great thing, it's a very great gift, and even when a person says, a husband to a wife, even when a wife says to a husband, a husband says to a wife, I love you, and that's not connected to Hashem, it's also silly, it's also nothing, nothing. Not only is it nothing, but it can cause terrible, terrible tsaros and churban. All the all the that come from people saying those words to each other. Well, all the tsaros, a lot of tsaros, a, a lot of abuse and tsaros. Abuse is always is always prefaced with the words "I love you." It's taking something that means "I love myself, I love myself," and you make me feel good. So because you make me feel good, and I and I'm so enamored with myself, so I love you too because you make me feel so good. So I, I love you. When a person's love for another person, it is part of tammuruki keiv Hashem. It's part of the good that Hashem defines as beemis and beetsim being good, which is Hashem's b'ch. So then, then a husband, a wife, a child is mamish good, and you could say I love you, and it, and it means, and it means the same thing as saying I love Hashem's b'ch, because love of one's child, the love of one's spouse. And love of one's parents is all a part Of loving HaKadosh Baruch You should love another Jew I am Hashem That's what it means That when I am Hashem Is is found in your love of another person Then it could be called love When it's not Ani Hashem at the end of the Pesach then, then It's a misappropriation And a misapplication of the word love There is no taif. Only that that which is godly is taif. There's nothing that's taif. Only that which is Hashem. It sounds like a, a, a frightening thing when a person is not in the parasha and, and you're not tasting of it. And it sounds like, oh my goodness, this is... I, and I had no idea that this, this, this religion thing is getting very serious. I had no idea it's like such a big thing. Uh, I, my, I, I really thought that Yiddish was going to be more like a side thing. I had no idea that it's so uh, completely... Um, inclusive I had no idea but that's that's the only way that a person can taste that it's good and from there comes the coldness of the lectures that I was talking about the lectures on Judaism when a Yiddish kite does not when the Yiddish kite does not fill every minute of a person's life and is dressed up in all kinds of secular terms and you plop a yarmulke on someone's head so then it's just a matter of time that tire changes into lectures and the shul changes into a Jewish center. You understand. It's just a matter of time. <speaking in Hebrew> so when you taste the sweetness that's hidden, that's kept in, in closeness to God. Therefore, only the Torah is called the good, as it says in Posse. <speaking in Hebrew> Like there's something that I've given you. There's a shayr, like there's a shayr that I've given you, and it's good. It doesn't mean tyre is good, and tyre is good, and college is good, and television is good, and baseball is good, and 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 New York City is good, and this is good, and this is good. It means ain't tyre elat only tire is good. If your experience of eating is part of tire, that's also good. And if a person's experience of, of, of having to take of taking some secular classes or getting a degree is part of his avodas Hashem somehow, and panos and Hashem, whatever it is, that could also be tire I'm not saying that. It's, I'm not saying that it's not part of what's tire, but it's only if it's if it's only, only if it's serving the purpose of tire, then it's tire when a parent makes a decision that in order for my child to have a better education he or she has to go to a place or should go to a school where it's going to be very, very, very hard <laughs> to have any kedushah, any holiness to be, God forbid, in a place where there's all kinds of preachers and tummah and you make that decision that you, that because that's because, because you want your kid to have the best education and, and the Yiddishkeit becomes secondary to that then it's not tayf then that education is not good. It makes no difference if it gets him a half-million-dollar job the day he walks out of school. It's rah It's raw. And then the parents are shaking their heads and wondering, how come my kid doesn't want to do anymore? He doesn't want to put any arm anymore. And then when he gets really bad, how come he has a girlfriend with a funny last name? Huh? And everybody's shaking their heads. The parent made that decision of what's more important. What's the type in their lives? What's good? Tithe is nice. But what's good is to have the best education Torah is nice but that's not what's taif. and the Bani Shalom is only Torah is taif. to the degree that the secular education serves the purposes of Torah then it could also be taif. that could also be good and when, when choosing a school and choosing a profession it's a cheshub that the person makes and whenever, whenever it's not serving the purposes of being an Elohim and serving the purposes of Taira, then the word Tov has to be removed from the formula. And then there's no Si'at Adishmai. That's scary. Then you're on your own. Then it's not godly. It's not with Hashem. And when it's not with Hashem, terrible things can happen, Chasr Because it's not filled with the burnish law. When something is filled with the burnish level and has Si'at Adishmai, then there's unbelievable help every sec. And every single second is connected to Hashem And it's part of ta'amuk y'tayv Hashem But chashasholom, if, if something is detached from God And if one's Yiddishkeit is just a side thing So then the other things that he's doing are not ta'if And then it doesn't have brach It doesn't have brach A person has a child and they want to have children There are many, many Jews who are not blessed with children, Hashem It's a big brach to have a child and it's not anything that anybody should ever take for granted. And when someone has a child, you make a decision. Why do I want to have a child? Why do I want to have a child? What's the purpose of having a child? It's a simple question. What's what is what's the meaning of having a child? And it's so easy to forget because in the beginning, it's you're so busy with diapers and formula and nursing and all different stuff, and then they're so cute and it's fun and it's all these like neat things and you know. It's so, but then like. Any any person that that any person that has a little haggish what it means to be a Jew has to ask himself why did I why do I want to have a child? It costs more. I'm not able to sleep at all. I can't, even when the, even when, and finally when the kid starts to sleep the whole night, then they go, then they're out the whole night. (laughs) Like, you know, just when the kids start to be able to sleep the whole night, then they don't want to (laughs) sleep. Then they want to go someplace. And then you're sitting around sick waiting up. Right? My son was home from yeshiva for a few weeks, and and I'm still trying to recuperate. Just, you know, of the guys, where are you? Where are you? You gonna call? Sure, I'm gonna call. You have the cell phone on? It's on every second. Ma, don't worry. I have the cell phone on it. You can call me any second. Every time you call, it's just a machine. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. What? Where? Oh, well, we decided we're gonna go to Brooklyn to get pizza. Something like that. I don't know. And me and your mother's up the whole night. Okay, so I did this also, I did this also for my mother. Right? But why do I have a child? What's the tactless of having a child? It's not these things this is good to be up all night worried? To lose sleep? To lose money. What is that's type? So when they're little it's cute and you can show them off and my kid is cuter than yours stuff and all of that. But at some point it's not funny, no? It gets really serious. You know, your you, you kid starts to do weird stuff and ask goofy things, and starts to get serious. And then you have to ask yourself, "Abayishlam, what's the tachlis of my having this child?" And the answer is either Ruki ki to, to bring more of the Shalom's glory into the world to erishap the defers. tonight, it's the the in the world more and more and more of Hashem's splendor in the world or, or what or what is it I'm spending I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for this kid to go out to Ivy League all this, this education all the years of it, so that the kid should be able to make a lot of money and then to spend for his kid being hack also like me you know it's all things crazy if you think about it you can go crazy unless unless it's Tamaruki rukitay Hashem. Then when you see a kid when you, see, when you see a kid washing theeglevas, it's all keday. And when you see a kid saying teresiv l'animoshim, when you see a kid growing up, and the kid comes back and says, "I decided I want to stay in yeshiva another year," tamruki <laughs> teivashen. You know how many situations I have, with husbands and wife that are not on the same page with the sitting and the kid going back to yeshiva. And kid comes back, and says, "I've decided I'm staying." One of the parents say, "I can't believe you're doing this to me." The other one says Oh I have so much nachas <laughs> And what like What's going to be with this kid Right What's going to be I have this all the time kid, The kids tell me The kids tell me And even if the parent Is more discreet Kids can, kids can read in a second Oh that's That's wonderful you want to stay another year That's really wonderful right? And the other one's like Yeah <laughs> You know This is all I was dreaming about This is all I was hoping for And the other one is, uh, oh boy And how are we going to work this, you know, don't forget You know, you have to remember, remember 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 the if of your being in life is that you should work The tachas is that you should be That you should be successful and so on and so forth What are the things that the children hear? What's that I say? It's the emissus, that A person who wants the truth understands that these things are true And if a person is playing games and avoiding the truth Then then you can't hear these things b'chalal a person has to know that this Nakuda. <laughs> the whole task of the Savior is to help us and to get us to think like this. Thinking about the creator of the world. That is the key to entering into inner life, into Chaim Pneumiyam living a life that's meaningful entering into the life the true life of the soul he is any life without this thought of God all the time is only external life it's not good. Sarach lohavim, zehus sidam aftef lachol chayim. What we're talking about here is the key to all of life. Lachshav al kadosh thinking about Hashem. Do my Torah or the kai mitzvus? Learn Torah, that's right, and the kai mitzvus and keep mitzvus. Ulam, like we learned last time from the Khazanish, Ish, ha'ekah lizkalifne mi and then we were reading from another of the tzaddik. That when you're learning Torah, what you should be thinking about every now and then, you should stop. And the Chazon says the main thing is to remember: for who are you doing all of this? Why am I doing all of these things? For whom am I working so hard? Torah misses my Yiddish guy. Every every minute. Then the Torah is the way Hashem gave us the Torah. That's how Hashem wanted us to live with the Torah. Not as some sort of an interesting subject to be, to be uh, discussed at a lecture. But to live at mamish. And a mitzvah is not some ritual or some interesting thing. But the mitzvah is mamish. The mitzvah, the mitzvah is, is living that way. And everything that a person does. Is with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then he knows to stay away from he, he won't do the wrong things Because every single second He's trying to think of what the Rebbein would want And he's thinking of, of what would give the Rebbein Nachas Ruach <laughs> When a person always thinks of this Why am I For whose sake am I doing all of my, these things Why am I living What's the purpose When a person takes this key, then he's able to open up all the gates that are locked. Those gates that are locked before people, they're preventing people from getting close to Hashem. With this key, with a simple thought, and he's going to talk a lot more about it over the next few pages, a person has the keys to open up all of these gates that are keeping him from Hashem. And the more a person enters into those gates. The more the person will feel. In a very, very concrete way. In a very tangible way. Tasting Hashem. And the good and the pleasure of being a Jew. And the pleasure of Yiddishkeit. As it says in Posik, then you will delight in Hashem. While you are here in this world, you don't have to wait to the next world. As we learned last time, that if a person has no feeling, if a person is totally detached in this world, it's going to be the same, God forbid, in the next world. Let's now try to bring this into a very practical way in our daily lives. Let's see how to live in a simple way with Hashem. Calls man, next page. Until that time, unless a person has a clear understanding that the whole essence of life is just to seek Hashem to look for Hashem and find Him and get close to Him as I was saying before then this whole thing that we're talking about is not going to you're not going to care for it too much it's not going to look too appealing it's not going to be so appealing this sounds very unappealing this kind of life as we were talking about many times over the year it sounds like you know this is going to take away a lot of my fun and this is going to take away all the stuff that I always thought was good and it's making me feel like a heaviness and I don't want this Uh, So you you won't If a person doesn't at least Know what we learned in the first part Of the Sefer was at least to come to this Clarity, even if it's just intellectually To come to this clarity That the tachlis of my life is to be an evident Hashem, is to serve God Without that, without Accepting that as being the essence of life And the purpose of life, then of course This whole tire of thinking About Hashem all the time is just a big pain in the neck and it's not only, it's totally irrelevant. How could I think of Hashem all the time if I'm, if I, if I'm thinking about, you know, if I prefer thinking about other things? And, and thinking about Hashem is just going to get in the way of my other stuff. And only when a person thinks about and understands Only when a person accepts this and acknowledges this And believes that the purpose of life is to seek out Hashem And to be close to Him Then He'll be able to hear all that we're learning And he'll be able to accept it in a very straight and honest way. And he'll relate to things in a true way. He will understand that that in this point, his entire life is bound. And everything depends on this. Now he says a very, very important thing which I alluded to a few weeks ago. Listen carefully, he says... In everything there are difficulties In any path there are going to be difficulties There's no way to jump And to skip over steps and to, you know, Just to get to the final destination There are always going to be There are always going to be many many tests And failures And trying again In everything in life it takes time And if the shlep it's hard if a Jew truly believes that the purpose of life is to seek God and to be attached to Him then even if there are failures along the way even if he has terrible failures along the way he will not give up hope everybody always wants chizik everybody wants to hear some chizik that I shouldn't give up so he explains how could you possibly give up if that's the tachlis of your life, you don't give up on the tachlis of your life. You give up on something that's like an extra thing to your life. It's something you give up on your kid? No, you don't give up on your kid. Some people do now, but it's, 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 un- it's unnatural. It's crazy. You don't give up on the tachlis. You give up on side things. You know, you, you wanted to have a, you wanted to have a million dollar house on and, and a million dollar block, and you know, you had to settle for something. Okay. You give up. It's, it's, it's not the tachlis of your life, but. But when it comes to being alive, for instance, the person does many, many unbelievable things to stay alive. So he says, there are people who, who lose hope and, and, they, and, they, and they want to die. Hashem irachem. It's a terrible, terrible, sick thing. But if a person lives with this tachlis in mind, then he'll never give up with his Yiddish No matter how many times he's failed, he'll, just, he'll start again. Why? He's soft called self He understands. She ain't braver. There's no choice. You know, there's, there's no plan B. It's not like there's Yiddishkeit and, and, and attachment to God and there's plan B. If Yiddishkeit doesn't work, they, then I could always try you know, Broadway. There's no, there's no plan B. If Yiddishkeit doesn't work, so then I'll be, you know, wh- what? There is no plan B. It's, it, it, there isn't anything else. When you understand it, there isn't anything else. That's all there is. That's the confusion that has set in In the way that some people use The term modern orthodoxy If I may have and you understand what I'm saying The confusion that sets in When a person thinks That there's something else not talking about whether or not This person goes to college or doesn't go to college We already said that, that can be part of the But if you think that there's plan B There's no plan B when a person knows that she ain't there's no choice. What do you mean I'm misyish? I give up, hope. because I, I, I botched up, I did the surveyor, so I guess that's it. I'm finished. What do you mean? There's nothing else. This person knows that there's that, another five minutes. That no matter what the cost, no matter what the price, no matter how much he'll have to scream and kick and struggle, he'll get back to it. He'll get back on track because there's no choice there's nothing else in life so, that's life seeking God and being close to Him and if you had a bad day or a bad week or whatever it is and you, and you messed up and you fell away from this you can't have this thought well I guess I'll give up forget it, there's something else there is nothing else when you understand the truth there is nothing else you know you can't live with Him you can't live without Him there's nothing else There's nothing else, therefore he's never Messiah. You never give up hope. You never despair with your Yiddish Kai, because you know that there can't be that this is the end of me, because this this is why I was created. And if I was created for this, it means I can do it, and I can do it, and I'll continue, and I'll try again. And I have no choice but to try. It's part of falling seven times. Started, and, you, and you lift yourself up to higher and higher madragas. <laughs> what we're going to be learning now, it's not, a, it's not, it does, it's not fast, it's not easy. <laughs> it takes a long time to work on these things we're going to be learning. <laughs> if you look at things the correct way. And if you prepare And realize there's not a 15 minute lecture Or an hour lecture on Judaism But you have to work on this over your whole life For years you have to work on what we're learning now Your whole life this is your job it's when you realize Why is this? There's not a waste of time because this is the whole tachlis of my life This is the whole tachlis of my life you can't say things I'm wasting my time. It's ridiculous. To say, you, you never say, if, if someone you love was sick, you never say it's a waste of time to go speak to that doctor. You never say it's a waste of time to get a test. What are you talking about? It's a tachlis. However, if you only see this as something extra in life, if you just kite it's something you think about, it's nice, it's a sideshow, it's something additional. If that's what you think it means to be modern orthodox, if it's something which is very short You can manage If it's a short project You can handle it But if it's a long project You don't want to put into a secondary thing Into a, into a sideshow You don't want to put in so much time You know how much can I put into this this is, not, this is not who I am So how much time and effort can I invest In something that's not really who I am that's not who I am. If you see the Eswig is who you are, then there's no problem standing around looking at an looking for an S-rig for three hours and spending uh, and spending a lot of money on it. If the asterisk is something I just gotta do to get it over with and be, I'd say, so then what am I crazy? Why should I stand but why should I bother with it? Get somebody buy me an asterisk, I don't know, whatever it is. I'm just gonna get twelve dollars, give me an asterisk. Finished. I mean that's the different Yiddish kind. Because it's not it's not who I am, it's something that I have to do, and it's a side thing. And if it's a side thing, no. It's not my major what am I going to put into this not my major I'm minoring in Yiddish how much can you spend on a minor you'd rather spend your time doing the thing that you think that you were created for and that you, that you enjoy that's fun that that's what you want to live for of that which you think is the main thing in life that's what you want to spend time doing there's only so long you go on something that you don't think is so important Therefore the beginning, the beginning if, you're, if, we're going to, if there's going to be any meaning To the vibe that we're going to be doing In this safe and what we're going to be learning It's only when a person first Accepts and realizes That this is the way of life, this is it There's only one way And that's why God put us in this world That's why we're alive we spoke about before and Even though what we're going to be learning about is going to take many years To do this You don't see in any waste of time You realize that all the years That were given to you Were given to you for this purpose This is why you were given years That's it You were not given years to go shopping You were given years to do to this This is why we have time This is why God gave us our lives Is to do this not the other stuff. sagas sagas Shema Saim but the Tachlis is, through Tarih to be able to achieve more and more and more, closeness to Hashem and how we're going to actually begin the program, and get it to be part of our daily lives, so Bez HaShem, we're going to begin with that next week.